Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Guard your presence. Power of your Holy Spirit. Guard the power of your Holy Spirit. I wonder if that can be the hard cry of this house. There's nothing we want more than your spirit, your presence, God, because in a moment you can change things. I'm just reminded of Jesus encountering the demon-possessed man who spent his days in a graveyard surrounded by death, bound in chains, naked, Jesus lands on the shores of his town. He comes out as he's done every time before to oppress and heckle. He confronts the Son of God. And in a moment, what no one could do for this man over years, Jesus does in a moment under his presence. The name of Jesus, every demon trembles. In the name of Jesus, sickness has to go. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, the world may think it's got it sorted, but there's a higher power, church. There's a greater parent presence in his name, it's Jesus. And I know that in a moment the world can be undone in the presence of Jesus. In a moment you can be heading one way and God can turn you the next in the name of Jesus. In a moment you're ready to walk out on your marriage, give up on your kids, concede defeat. But in a moment in the presence of Jesus, everything can change. So Father, this morning I pray, God, that... You pour out your spirit. God, you pour out your presence on your people in this place. Fill this church with your spirit. God, I pray. This morning, God, we thank you that lives are being set free. That chains are broken. God, that healing is cut. Deliverance is cut. People are going to walk out of this place changed, transformed, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you. Come on, church, if you believe it, can you just lift up the name of Jesus this morning? It's Pentecost Sunday. Come on. God, I thank you. God, 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 lift up your name. Thank you. Amen, amen. Hey, well, you may be seated this morning. Worship team, thank you. You are phenomenal. Leading us into the very presence. So good to be in the house. You know what? I just really want people to experience an encounter with God. You know, as Pastor Christian said, it's Pentecost Sunday, and... I have the privilege of bringing you the word, but it's going to be a short word because as I sat with God, just working out what it is to speak and bring, I felt like God said, Justin, what I want to do is encounter my people. Because what they need that I can't give you, that the world can't give you, 
is his spirit, is his power, is his presence. So I want to get out of the way and let him do that because if anything, I want you to leave this place having encountered God. Yeah. And it's not just lip service, I'm saying it to you. I want you to ready yourself now, prepare your hearts to encounter God. Pentecost Sunday, as we remember, is a day that the promised one came. It was the giving of the Spirit of God to yeah. his people. But just as significantly, I believe it was the beginning or the birthing of the church, the early church. And so I want to spend just a few moments in the, the final days of Jesus' life to help put context to and help you understand well, what is the significance and importance of the Holy Spirit. And so we read that Jesus is about to be received into heaven. His ministry and time on earth has come to a, a close. Everything that God has sent him to accomplish, he done. Yeah. And who is grateful that he was obedient even unto death on a cross, but he didn't stay dead. He yeah. rose again and he de defeated death. And so here we find him with his disciples in the last few days of his life. And what he does is he imparts to them his final words. And he says this in Matthew 20 and 18. He says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore... And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Earlier on in Scripture, we know that Jesus had spoken to Peter, his disciple, and he said, Peter, on the revelation that you have, that God my Father has given you, that I am in fact the Son of God, that I am the Messiah coming to the world to save my people, on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. And so what we find here in Matthew now is Jesus is explaining to his disciples, well, what is the church going to be doing? What is the purpose of this church? And so he begins to lay out for them this great commission. And you and I have been given the same mission to take the revelation of who Jesus is out into the, the world. But in the very same moment here in the context that we read in Scripture, Jesus goes on to give them another set of instructions before they take up their mission. And so in Acts 1, 4, it says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What was the promise? It was the sending of the Holy Spirit. And the disciples were made aware of this back in the book of John, Jesus begins to talk to them about the Holy Spirit, and he says this, he says, guys, there's coming a time where it's going to be to your benefit that I go away from you, because when I leave you, my Father is going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And what's interesting here is that Jesus describes the Holy Spirit to his disciples as the helper. Yeah. Now, his disciples hadn't heard of this. Here's Jesus introducing them to the concept of the Holy Spirit. He says, when I leave you, someone's coming, and this person in nature is going to be your helper. And the fact that Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper, and the fact that he gives them a command, he doesn't say, guys, I suggest you've got the commission, what I want you to do, I suggest it may be a good idea you hang around in Jerusalem if you feel like it. He goes, no, 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 I'm giving you a commandment. Yeah. I want you, you have to stay put, and you have to wait for this helper to come to you. That should then give you and I a clue that the life we have been commissioned to live in Christ is a life we actually need help with. Yes. Right? That the life we have been given, the mission that is before us, God has given us 
cannot be completed successfully without the helper, the Spirit of God. I want to say it another way. Paul says the race that we've all been called to run. We cannot hope to finish the race well without the power of the Holy Spirit, right? To gain the goal or the prize or the crown that waits for us at the end, it requires the Holy Spirit. We are called for purpose. We're called for mission. And what is the Spirit going to do when He comes? Scripture says that He comes to convict the world of its sin. He comes to guide us in all truth. And He comes to glorify God in our lives. So it seems to me then that to refuse the Helper or to try and live life without Him really is to to concede a life of defeat. Because as I said, we're called with a purpose, church. We're actually called with a mission. But we have to be equipped and empowered by the Spirit of God to carry out the mission that He wants for us. And so Jesus ascends into heaven, and His followers are now waiting for this helper, this promise. And so in Acts 2, 1 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Scripture says to us here that those that were dwelling in Jerusalem at the time who witnessed this were amazed because all of a sudden they saw these disciples and these followers all speaking in their different languages. Some, however, mocked them and said, no, no, that they're just drunk. They've obviously had a big night and it's carried on into the morning and they are, they're, they're drunk. But what I love is the story goes on in Acts 2 verse 14. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words from the very lips of someone that denied ever knowing Jesus. From the very lips of a man that was not schooled or educated or studied or eloquent in speech, probably comes one of the most powerful sermons ever delivered. Peter, full of now the Holy Spirit, stands up, raises his voice, and begins to speak truth. And as he's speaking truth, the Holy Spirit all of a sudden brings this conviction. And so powerful is this conviction that it says thousands of people hearing what Peter had to say were cut to the heart. They were brokenhearted and they turned to Christ and they were baptized and they in turn received the Holy Spirit. And it's in this very moment that we know the church is birthed and the mission has begun. But right there, what I believe is a prophetic picture of what God is preparing and what God is looking to do in these times in the season that we find ourselves in, that we would be a people and that we would be a church that are full of His Holy Spirit, that we would begin to speak truth. I believe never before in the face of the world and the condition that it's in, we need to be a church and a people empowered by God to actually speak truth. And as we speak truth, we see generation upon generation of people cut to the heart, convicted, brokenhearted, coming back into the house of God. People brokenhearted and convicted coming back onto the altar of God, surrendering their lives to God. And as they do, so God is given glory. Amen. For that reason, church, I believe the Spirit of God has been given to us. Right? The great mission. You and I are filled with the Spirit of God, empowered in our lives to speak truth as the Spirit leads us. And as we do that, He brings conviction in us and through us. And people that we touch 
convicted, received that response from heaven, turned to Jesus, and as they turned to Jesus, God is glorified. As God is glorified, we're filled with the Spirit of God to do what? To speak His truth as He leads us. And as we do that, what happens? Conviction comes. People hear that, they cut to the heart. They turn and surrender their lives to Jesus, and so God is glorified. Do you see the mission? Do you see the purpose that God lays before us? But we need the helper. And I want to go back to the final instructions Jesus gave his disciples. Acts 1 4. I want to read it again. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. What power? God's power. The same power that raised Christ from the grave is now a power that resides on the inside of you. And it says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. But here's what I want you to understand. What is witnessing in you and through you is the power of God. Hence, Jesus gives the command, you have to stay put until the Spirit comes, because without the Spirit, your life can't bear witness to what the mission requires of you. In other words, we read that scripture and sometimes we think, great, God's given us a mission. I'm going out there and I'm going to do it in my ability and my way. And as I see it, but God says, no, you missed the point. For this reason, I've sent my spirit because it's the power of God at work in you that rubs up against the world. And the world goes, hang on, what is that? What's going on? Why are you different? How come you are so calm? Why are you just smiling all the time? Why is it that you have this wisdom beyond your years in your life? He says, it's my power in you. Because you've got to understand, if it's my way and my will and my ability, that's believer and unbeliever alike. There's no difference in me trying to do life in my way and my neighbor who doesn't know Christ trying to find his way, his way in the world. Where the difference is and where the light comes in is that my life is lived with the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And it's my life, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, that bears witness through me to others as I live my life. So you've got to understand when people see the difference and people are drawn to you and people are cut to the heart, it's not you, it's the Spirit of God at work in you wanting to touch people around you. When, when you look at the early ministry of Jesus, as he moved between towns and regions, Scripture says that massive crowds would follow him. All the time, people would gather to him. His life was so magnetic that he would always have these crowds. In fact, so large were these crowds at times, Jesus would have to withdraw, preach from an elevated place or on a boat in water, just so that he wasn't overcome by all these people wanting to be around him. In John 6, 2, it says, And a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. People were drawn to Jesus. Why? Because he ministered in power. So you've got to understand, for hundreds of years, pre-New Testament, God had gone quiet. There was radio silence between God and the people of Israel. All of a sudden, 
Jesus comes into the world, anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he begins to minister, filled with the Spirit, and there's power inside of him, he's healing sick people, it's driving out the demonic, it's restoring relationships, he has this power to speak with an authority people had never heard before. In fact, so powerful was this authority that people just in his presence would be so convicted, they find themselves weeping at his feet, calling out to him on a cross as they've been crucified. And I'm actually going to ask CJ, can you come up, CJ, and play for me? I'm telling you, this is going to be a short message because I believe God wants you to experience the same power. But I remember 27 years ago in a small church, Motorvale Christian Life Center, on the northern beaches of Sydney, standing in front of my youth pastor, tears streaming down my face, making a decision to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But what I want you to understand is that it wasn't my youth pastor bringing me to salvation. It was the Holy Spirit at work in his life, reaching out through him, touching my life, that cut me to the heart. And I just sensed and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I needed Jesus. I needed a Savior. The Holy Spirit was reaching out through this man who was faithful to the mission in my life and touching me. He said, Justin, I want you to come back to me. And I remember feeling myself under the presence of this God who all of a sudden loved me. And there was mercy and there was grace. And I knew that I needed a Savior, but my heart's cry of frustration is this. Where is the conviction of the Holy Spirit and where is the power of God when we look at the world in the state that we see it? And it seems so lost and it seems so indifferent yet angry and it's full of judgment and it's full of compromise. God, where is your power and where is your spirit when even our churches are found guilty, right? When the leaders are exposed and scandal after scandal and believers fall away from the house of God, where is your power? And I've got to thinking perhaps in an era where we've got to be politically correct, in a time where we live in fear of offending, where we try and make cultural um, you know, cultural uh, norms the, the goal, we, I sense God saying, you know what, perhaps the church has closed down the altars and they decided to keep their hands to themselves. But the conviction that I sense in my spirit church is that it's time. It's time for the church and the body of Christ to open up its altars again. And God's saying, I want hands laid on my people that they would receive the same power that I gave my disciples in Pentecost. Because the world church needs the power of God. Here's the thing. Broken people and hurting people and God's people and your family and our communities they don't need another polished church service they don't need another gifted speaker they don't need another flashy marketing experience or talented musicians or coffee on demand whatever it is what people need is the power of God what people need is a touch from Jesus what people need is to experience and be filled with resurrection life because the truth is this morning nothing is going to bring breakthrough and nothing is going to bring freedom and nothing is going to set people free or drive out the demonic or restore relationships but the power of God. And so I wonder, are you ready to be part of that great commission? 
that together mission. Are you ready to accept again the helper? Because the truth is, you weren't meant to do life alone. You weren't meant to pray alone. You weren't meant to fight for your family alone. You weren't meant to traverse the valleys alone or endure alone. And the beautiful thing about Pentecost is this, that through the Holy Spirit given to ordinary people, ill-equipped people, uneducated people, God birthed his church, that the body of Christ awoke, that people started to gather together around the apostles' teaching. They gathered together in fellowship. They gathered together to pray. They gathered together to meet the needs of one another. And the beautiful thing is it's never stopped because here we are doing the same thing. But I want to ask you, are you ready as a church, C3 Noosa, that can we perhaps agree together that regardless of what our future holds or the circumstances and challenges we face, but that we as a church, no matter what the mountains or valleys, would continue to pray, we continue to gather together, we continue to seek God and stand on His Word and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. Because my conviction is this, when the world looks through the doors at this church, what is it going to see? Is it going to see a people that are just weak and in their convictions, unable, powerless to make a difference? Or is the world going to see a people full of the Spirit of God that actually have an answer, that have an ability to make a difference? Why? Because we can stand up as Peter did with a voice and say, you know what, we actually know the way, we know the truth, we know the life, and His name is Jesus. We know the power of God because He's the same God. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that delivered His people. He's the same God. And I sense the heart of the Father for His body and His churches. Would you open the altars again and allow me to impart my spirit unto them? Because without the spirit, it's so hard, church, to run the race. Without the spirit, it's so hard to see people set free, be released, be restored. If anything, people are desperate and hungry for the spirit of God. Are we going to be a church that people walk into and they find it? And they experience it. So I'm going to ask us to stand up this morning. And if we could maybe just move out these first two rows of chairs. I want you just to stay engaged with me a little bit longer this morning, church, because I sense God wants to minister to you this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in worship. You may have never asked to receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Obviously, you've come to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never done that before, but right now in this moment, I want you to encounter Christ. You may have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't, that's okay. I feel God sensing us to sow again the laying on of hands. So can I just ask, church, can we come onto the altar of God this morning? Can we come onto the altar this morning? Come on, let's come with faith this morning onto the altar of God. If you've never received the Holy Spirit this morning, don't be shy, come forward this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray this morning. All I want you to do is just lift your hands to heaven and I'm going to pray a prayer over you that you would receive the Holy Spirit. I sense the Spirit of God wants to 
to touch people. And scripture says that as you receive the Spirit, just open your mouth and begin to declare. There's a heavenly language that comes from the Spirit. It's called speaking in tongues. And so this morning, I'm going to lay hands on you. God is not a, a bully. He's not a monster. He's not going to force his way into your life. But I believe he wants to set his spirit upon you this morning. And he wants to empower you for the purpose that he's called you to. Church, that you would go out of this place full with the spirit of God. I'm going to lay hands on you. And as I do, I just sense God is going to begin to shift things and shake things and break things in your life. Right now, why don't we just come into that place? Lift your hands. Father, right now, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would set it upon your people. God, I thank you right now. This day marks a day of empowering by the Holy Spirit. God, that we've been empowered to go out and see those that are captive set free, those that are broken healed, those that are hurting come to Christ. Father, I thank you right now just for a power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.